Hi, and welcome to the show. This is Owner Managed, and I'm Steve Burles. In this episode, I'll be talking to Nigel Greenwood, owner of Simply Customer. We'll be discussing his career path that has taken him from HBOS and Lloyds Bank to becoming an expert in customer journey mapping and focusing on the SME market. Welcome to Owner Managed. I'm joined today by Nigel Greenwood from Simply Customer. Good morning, Nigel. Good morning. Uh, sorry to bring you out on this uh, cold and wet, rainy day. It's always a pleasure to come to Bradford. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I guess, first of all, in a nutshell, what, what is it that you do? So, um, I help small businesses grow by improving the customer service. Okay. So I map the journeys that customers can take through the business. Um, that helps identify where there are issues, where it becomes too difficult for them to do business, uh, where they can potentially be losing sales or losing customers or annoying customers. Mm-hmm. And then I show them what the journey should look like. Um, and help them make the changes or recommend other experts to make the changes that will help the business grow. Great, and that's that's a really good uh, explanation. Um, so we've we've got quite a bit to talk about, so you're quite an ambitious chap. Um, so but can we go right back to the beginning? I mean, I've been having a look at your um, LinkedIn profile and uh, there's some, some great roles on there, but I was wondering, what about university? Did you go to university? Uh, no, so I left Bingley Grammar at 18. Right. Um, didn't want to go to university at the time. I don't think I'd grown up enough, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll start work. I'll work for a year and earn some money. And what was, what was that doing? Um, I decided to go and work in a bank. And the reason for working in a bank was because to get on in a bank, you had to pass exams. Right. Um, and I was really good at passing exams at the time. Okay. And I just thought, well, that's sort of quite easy then, isn't it? I thought, I'll do that for a year or two. Yep. Get somebody behind me and then go to university. Never happened. Right. <laughs> so you were a year at the bank then? Uh, no. So I ended up in the bank for four years. Okay. Um, I was on an accelerated management program. I'd been getting on quite well. And I had a review um, and the manager said, you're doing great. By the time you get to 30, you'll be an assistant manager. And I went, well, I'm on this accelerated program. And he said, yeah, that is accelerated. So I thought, well, okay, that's not really fast enough for me. Right. So I went out at lunchtime, walked into a job agency and there was a consumer finance company offering management trainee positions. Um, so I had an interview the next day, offered the role. Um, and they said, well, you can be a branch manager within two years. Right. Um, so that was what I did. It wasn't um, not the best move I've ever made in a lot of ways. So I, I learned a lot from it. But to give you an example, it was an American-owned company, quite aggressive. Uh, the first day in the office, we closed at five o'clock. Um, and I'd been watching people interview customers and yep. doing paperwork, etc. So learning quite a lot. So I got up to put my coat on and the manager said, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going home. We're finished now. And he said, no, in the evening now, we'd go out and talk to customers that are in arrears. So we're trying to chase the bad debts. So we need to start doing that. Uh, And I went, okay. So we started going round, uh, and this was in Bradford. And we went round some of the poorer areas of Bradford. Mm. And one of the first clients that we walked in to see and bear in mind, I was just sort of standing there with my arms folded, quiet because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, 
he owed, and I can still remember the amount, it was £97.64 that was left. And it was a HP agreement he'd had for a three-piece suite. Um, and it was months overdue. And the manager just kept on asking him when he was going to pay. Um, and the customer got annoyed, reached under his chair and pulled out a sawn shotgun. Okay. <laughs> at, at which time we went quite quickly. Uh, yeah, I imagine you did. Yeah. Um, and I remember that night thinking... I'm not sure this is a career for me. No. Um, but to be fair, I got promoted to manager within a couple of years, um, stayed with that business for eight years. Uh, I then went to an insurance company who wanted me to set up training programs to create regional managers. They then got taken over. Mm -hmm. um, so I was sitting at home on gardening leave for a while and the consumer finance company kept phoning me. Um, and asking me to go back. <clears throat> what age are you, are you at at this point? Uh, so at this point, I was early 30s. Right. Um, we'd got a small family. My daughter was going to be going to school the next year. Uh, we were down in the Midlands, and I would really want to get back to Yorkshire. So uh, <clears throat> the next time the finance company phoned, I said, I will come back, but I only want to work in Yorkshire. Um, so their response was, well, we don't have any vacancies in Yorkshire, but we'll let you know when we do. The very next day, the regional manager from Yorkshire phoned and said, I've just fired the manager at Barnsley, can you start on Monday? <laughs> so you can see what sort of business it was. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, I moved back north, um, managed the office in Barnsley, then took over the office in Bradford. Then for various reasons, we had a bit of a fallout. Uh, I ended up leaving and suing them for constructive dismissal. Mm -hmm. And was unemployed, but one of my friends had an estate agency. So I <clears throat> did some training as a financial advisor mm -hmm. and started doing some work for him. I, he then started to run into a few issues. Um, and I went to work as a financial advisor for Edison's estate agents. Right. Didn't know at the time, but they were owned by the Leeds Permanent. Um, the Leeds then launched their own life company. I got promoted to manager. And the rationale was because I'd been a manager at a previous job. So I think they were probably a little bit desperate looking for the right people. <laughs> Nobody else to do it. Nobody else to do it, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's Nigel over there. He'll do fine. Um, and I'd really enjoyed the financial advice bit. Um, and it was actually during that time that I got really interested in the customer experience and doing the right thing by the customer. Uh, and I, it's because of a big mistake I made. I'd, I'd been doing the job for three or four months. Walked into the office one day um, and there was one of my clients sitting there. Um, I'd arranged a mortgage and the life cover for a man and his wife and they had two small children. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the wife sitting there. Um, the reason she was there was because her husband had been killed in a road accident a couple yeah. of days earlier. Right. And I sat down and said, okay, I'm really sorry. Um, don't worry. I arranged a life cover for your mortgage so that I'll sort that out. That will all get paid off. And she said, well, I appreciate that, but my husband was a main wage earner. Um, I've just got a small part-time job. Um, I can't afford to keep the house. So even though we won't have a mortgage, I'm going to have to sell the house and move back in with my parents. Um, and I didn't sleep then for two nights. Right. And I just thought I've, I've done a really poor job here. Mm. I've not looked after my customer properly. 
So from then, uh, I just focused on really understanding my customer, understanding their needs and doing the right thing by them every time. Yeah. Uh, and it, it worked out really well for all the clients. It worked out really well for me. I became a very successful salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it led to promotion to management as well. So, yeah. But it was always about doing the right thing for the customer. Yeah. So not selling something if they didn't need anything. Mm. The, um, the Leeds perm then got taken over by the Halifax, right. which was a bit of a surprise. And the Halifax kept me on as a manager. Um, and I found that they, uh, my peers, all had more qualifications than me. And when I asked, it was because the Halifax paid for them to do all the qualifications and gave them tax-free bonuses. So uh, I thought, well, that'd be good. So uh, I spent a year getting as qualified as I could. It got to the point where I was overqualified for the role. Right. Um, so I ended up moving into head office and had this, it sounds like a really boring job. So I was pensions development manager. And that was a time when the government were talking about doing stakeholder pensions. Mm-hmm. So I spent some time working with the treasurer, helping them look at what a stakeholder pension should look like. I developed our stakeholder pension. Right. Uh, I worked on things like child trust fund. Yep. And then I got promoted to head of channel management, which was all about making sure we'd got the right product in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time for the right customer. Mm-hmm. So uh, at this time, I'm working in this ivory tower in Leeds. I've got a team of four people. We've got 1,200 financial advisors. Um, so day one in the role, uh, I get my objectives. And the first one is increased sales. And the plan was you can increase sales by improving a product or improving the distribution mm-hmm. or bringing in a new product. The only problem was that was an 18-month cycle. So I, I knew I couldn't achieve any objectives doing that. So I actually drew my first customer journey map without really knowing what I was doing. Right. Uh, Just I was, to, to get an understanding of where where you were at the moment and yeah, what was happening. Yeah, where I was and just yeah. looking at what, what could I influence and I... I mapped out the sales process that we had at the time, but just doing it from a customer point of view, so quite simply. And I noticed we were losing an awful lot of customers between the first appointment and second appointment. So I started asking questions about why, why we're doing that, and it was down to the period of time between appointments. And I'd never experienced that as an advisor, so I wasn't sure what, what changed. Um, what I found was that a third of the advisor's diary time was booked out for admin. So I I asked and then went to see different advisors to find out what they were doing in the admin time. And what they were actually doing was they were printing everything out for a customer to sign. And then the signed document had to be with the admin centre within so many hours. And in those days, the only way to get it there was by fax. Uh, And there was one fax machine in Halifax branch. (laughs) So, so they were actually spending most of the time standing by the fax machine, making sure these things went through. Right. Now, I guess logically you'd think, well, okay, let's just get some more fax machines. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I tend to ask awkward questions. So I just said, why are we getting customers to sign this? And somebody said, well, it's a legal requirement. So I just went to see the head of legal uh, and they went, no, it's not, but I think it's a regulation. And I'd worked with the regulator on treating customers fairly. So I just found the regulator and asked and they went, no, everybody does it, but we're not sure why, because you don't need to. Right. Um, but it might be an administration thing. So I went to see the head of admin and he went, no, we don't check the signatures. There's no reason why we should do this. So I 
decided that we could make a change by not collecting the customer signature. And I'd, by now I'd drawn the picture quite nicely. So I, I'd go and see a director and explain the issue. And what I noticed was it would take about five minutes mm. for the meeting because they'd just look at the picture and go, oh, there's a problem, I can see that now. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that this is a really powerful technique. But it's not taking you five minutes to get there, though, was it? It's not taking me five minutes to get there, but I, I think the bit is um, if you can create something where it's really simple for somebody and they can understand it very quickly, you save an awful lot of time in the long run. Yeah. Um, and it, and you get decisions going your way. Yeah. So um, we... As a result of me doing that, we made one change to the sales process and sales went up by 30%. Right. Um, and then as a result of that, I got promoted to head of customer loyalty. So we had some issues with customer retention. So I started doing lots of journey, customer journey mapping mm-hmm. and identifying lots of reasons why customers were leaving us and ways that we could improve customer retention, um, help customers get the information they needed at the right time and in the right way. And in the first year, we halved the number of customers leaving. Right. Well. So, and again, it was, it, I think by that time I had a room where every wall was covered with customer journey maps. Right. And, and they were looking better and better. I knew a lot more about what I was doing. Yeah. So that was great. Uh, I carried on with that role for three years and then the bank collapsed and Lloyd's took over. Uh, I'd just turned 50. Right. Wasn't the right time uh, or place for me anymore. Uh, just new company, mm-hmm. different environment. So I took early retirement and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I um, quickly discovered that because I wasn't working and my wife was, she left me a list of things to do every day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when the cog started turning and, you know, I've got to get something done here yeah. to get out of the house. Yeah, I, I got to the point of thinking it's it's going to be a lot easier just going and doing some work. Yeah. So I, um, I got some contracts. So I went, first of all, to Nationwide Building Society um, and had several contracts there doing customer experience improvement and mapping customer journeys. So at this point, are you more of a consultant, that type of thing, where you're just going in and doing a piece of work and yeah, stepping so out? Yeah, typically a contractor. So you'd go on a three-month contract, mm. do a specific piece of work, and then if they liked you and they'd got more work, you get another contract. Yep. So I had four three-month contracts. Um, so th- that was good. I got to a point where they offered me another contract, but they weren't uh, in a position to make a lot of changes because of things that were going on. And I, I thought, I'm not making much of a difference now. Um, so I thought, I'll, t- I'll take some time out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a bit of time out to get some project management qualifications. And I was just about to think, okay, I'll go and look for another contract. And the plan at that time was I'll just carry on doing these contracts. So I'll, I'll work for six, nine months a year, have two or three months off. Yep. Um, and, and it's a good lifestyle. You, you earn a reasonable amount of money. Mm. You're away from home quite a lot, mm. but, but you do get used to that. Yep. And my wife seemed to appreciate that anyway, so that, <laughs> well, that was fine. The, um, as I was just about to start looking, my mother-in-law... Um, found that she'd got cancer right? and she had to go to Jimmy's in Leeds for radiotherapy every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was just in the right place yeah. to take her every day. So yeah, I, yeah. I spent six months doing that. Right. Um, and then after doing that, I found I needed an operation. So I had another three months out. 
So by which time I'd not done any work for a year mm. um, and just starting to think about, okay, I'll, you know, I need to start thinking about what to do. And I got an approach through LinkedIn from one of the big six energy companies yep. to go and do some customer experience work. So I, um, I grabbed that cause I was running out of money by that point yeah. and spent some time working with them. Um, and during that time, although financially it was rewarding from a job satisfaction point of view, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So they, to give you an idea, after a year I'd mapped 38 different customer journeys. I'd given them 200 recommendations for change mm-hmm. and they actually implemented two of them. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was quite frustrating. Do you, a uh, quick question. So when you're mapping out all these two, 200 uh, different ways that they can improve their, their customer service, do you put any kind of uh, metric on it to say that this is the sort of increase you will expect to see here or, you know, t- to kind of give them that value to say, if you do this, you will get this. Is that something you do or? In those days, no. Right. Now, yes. Right. Um, and the reason for that is I, I was just working with large corporates mm-hmm. um, and they tend to have make their own metrics and they've got lots of experience in doing that. Yep. Yeah, it's quite different when you're working with small businesses. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I actually worked with them a few more months doing some customer retention work, but I decided by that time I wanted to work with SMEs. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, being in business is more about making a difference for your customers. Um, yes, you need to be earning money, <clears throat> but I get more satisfaction from seeing the impact of what I do. Yeah. Than seeing the bank balance. Yeah. And the corporates move very slowly, don't they? They move very slowly, sometimes not at all. Yeah. Um, quite often backwards, not forwards. Mm-hmm. And um, small businesses, I, I just thought, well, I'm sure I can make a big difference. Um, I know I can do it at an affordable level for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be quite quick to change. I, I actually spent six months thinking about the business. Uh, I spoke to lots of other agencies that did customer journey mapping. They all said I was mad. None of them would work with a small business. They all charged an arm and a leg to do a customer journey map, and they right. all worked with large corporates. Right. Uh, and they were just in it for the money, really. Yeah. <clears throat> so I I'd got the business set up. Um, I'd never networked in my life. So I Googled network meetings near me. Mm. There was one that afternoon in Brickhouse. Um, so I went and paid £10 on the door, Yep. walked into my first network meeting, and wow, that's an intimidating thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so there's 60, 70 people there, um, pretty much all of them in clumps of two or three, talking yep. to each other. Yeah, yeah. And you think, how, how do I break in and start a conversation with somebody? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually saw somebody on his own by the coffee machine, and he had a Bradford City tie on. Right. And I'm a Bradford City fan, so I thought, that's, a, that's an open, I can have a chat yeah, with yeah. you. yeah, yeah. I had a chat with him. Um, he was in the marketing team. I explained what I did. And he said, oh, we could use you. Um, so I did a small piece of work for them, uh, which was helping them get more local businesses, mm-hmm. uh, speak to them about advertising and sponsorship. And so I went home and said to my wife, this is going to be really easy. You know, I've been to one network meeting. First person I spoke to, I've got some work from. Yep. This is fantastic. Yep. Little did I know. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. I think you were probably quite lucky in that respect. I, I think I was extremely lucky, yeah. Uh, it took me seven months to get my next inquiry. Right. 
Um, I quickly learned that networking was about building and developing relationships. Yep. It's not about selling. Um, so I, I focused a lot on that. I went to lots of network meetings, um, worked out which ones were good for me and which ones weren't. Mm-hmm. I had lots of one-to-ones with people. I mean, yep. I'll sit and have a coffee with anybody. Yeah. Um, did you was did you join the uh, the BNI? Did, did you no, I'm banned from BNI. You're banned from BNI. Yeah, right. I um, I kept getting invited. Yeah, and I'd I'd been a few times, and I just thought it's not right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a phone call from the regional team saying you've been six times as a visitor and you can only come twice. Yeah, so you now need to join. And I said, well, and sorry, it's not for me. And they just said, well, you're banned. Right. Um, and I've actually been once since uh, subbing for somebody. Yeah. And as soon as I walked, and that was probably three years after I'd been banned, um, as soon as I walked in the room, somebody came up and went, you can't be here, you're banned. Really? And I said, well, I'm subbing for this other person. Uh, and they just looked at me and went, well, don't talk about your business then. So I just said, oh, good morning to you as well, and you know, went for a coffee. Right. Um, but yeah, so I did... I went to 4N as well. Yep. I did quite a few of those. 4N, yeah. Um, and then I eventually settled on what was the right networking piece for me. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling to get business, um, really struggling. And nobody had heard of me. Nobody had heard of customer journey mapping. Um, it just sounded like one of these silly phrases that an American management consultant has dreamed up. Yeah. Um, lots of people thought we don't have any issues with customer experience, we don't get complaints or many complaints. So I did some work for free. And one of the first firms that I did some work for, um, we mapped the customer journey <coughs> and we found two ish- two big issues. So one was the way they structured the proposal they sent out. So they were putting a lot of time and effort into getting people to meet them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they we're only selling to one out of four. Right. So I changed the way their proposal was structured and immediately they were selling to one in two. Right. So they were pleased with that. And then they were signing customers up on a two-year contract. But even though they put all that time and effort and work into getting them signed up, they then sort of ignored the customer until the contract was coming up for renewal. And then all they did was contact them to see if they wanted to renew. Yeah. So there's no relationship being built over no. time, is there? there? No, really? there's nothing no. there. And no. they were losing 80% of the customers. Mm. So they just weren't growing. Um, so we I made helped them make some changes and we put lots of customer care and communication in and made sure they built the relationship. And within six months, they were only losing 20% of customers. Right. And four years on, they now lose less than 1% of customers a year. Right. So, you know, I'm over the moon with that. But what that also meant was because of the impact I'd had, and it had gone through quite quickly, I could start to tell people about what I'd done. More than that, they were telling other people about what I'd done. So suddenly my diary was getting full. Right. Which was great. Um, And then I hit the usual quandary of, I guess every business owner, you start off and you trade in your time for money. Yeah. And there are limits to that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to grow the business beyond just me. Um, so I, I thought, how do I do that? So the first thought was, okay, I can franchise this. I've now got a model, um, the way that I work. I've got a kit in terms of how I produce um, the map, etc. 
and the questions that I ask. So I can train people to do this and I can license it all to them. So two people that I'd worked with before asked me if um, they could take a license. So I, I worked with them. I didn't charge them, but I just worked with them for free because they were the guinea pigs. So I was I was learning. Okay. Spent six months doing that. And, it, and are these people in different sort of geographical areas to you? Is that how you did yeah, it? Yeah, so there was one in North Yorkshire and one in the Midlands. Right, okay. Um, so I thought, that's fair enough. Um, but it just didn't work out. Um, various reasons, but the main one was by this time I'd been doing this for 25 years mm. and it's really hard to put 25 years worth of experience into a training course and expect people to learn it quickly. Yeah. And then when you look at the output they were producing, from my point of view, it wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I've now got a brand. I want to protect that brand. Yeah. Um, so I feel very precious about that. Yeah. So we stopped that um, and I had a rethink. Um, and that's sort of where the rest of the journey starts. So the thought was, okay, to if I want to carry on doing this, to protect my brand they need to be able to produce a customer journey map online so I can make sure the quality is right. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and no, there was no software that would do that. So I spec'd out what that software should look like and I started talking to software developers. Yep. Um, and most of them that I spoke to said it couldn't be done with the technology that there was at the time. Um, one that said they could do it said it would cost half a million didn't quite have half a million right um in fact i didn't have anywhere near half a million (laughs) Uh, and i spoke to a business advisor and explained the situation and he said well actually you can get money from europe for this Mm -hmm. um so i tried to get money from europe i tried three times and failed i was getting better each time but i was still never good enough yeah so that was one of the first times when i thought i was going to give up and then it was a chance encounter with um, another business advisor who'd heard about what I was doing mm-hmm. and was intrigued. And he um, he just said, well, if you're trying to do this, what what's the plan? And I said, well, produce this software and then I can license the software to people mm-hmm. so they can then go and ask the right questions of business owners and the system produces the journey map and, and the issues and recommendations. And he said, well, couldn't you do it where the business owner just answered the questions themselves and so you don't have to have that middleman? Yeah. And I, I just said, yeah, of course I could. Um, and it's the old Richard Branson thing, isn't it? You know, if somebody asks you if you can do something, say yes, and then work it out later. Yeah, I'll live by that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and I went home and uh, I was chatting to my wife and I was chatting about the conversation. She said, well, how are you going to do that then? I said, I haven't got a clue. Um but I spent three months working it out. So that was getting up quite early and working quite late and just trying to work it all through. And I got to the point where I thought, yeah, I can make this work. Um, It's really a massive question bank. Mm -hmm. And then what I do, I ask a question, I listen to the answer and I decide from that what my next question should be. Yeah. And I thought, okay, so with algorithms, et cetera, you can build something that will do that. So I started talking to software developers again. And because of the way I wanted it to work, uh, most of them were saying it couldn't be done. I was getting quotes for hundreds of thousands of pounds from some. Right. Um, one of the people I spoke to was actually my son-in-law, who's a teacher but also a software developer. 
and he said oh, it's way beyond what I could do and I spent seven eight months mm-hmm. talking to different people really getting nowhere uh, and then I met somebody who said they could do it and they were a client so um, they owed me money at the time right. um, so I said okay well if you can work with me and build this then we'll um we'll cancel the debt okay yep their idea of building it for me was they'd show me how to do one part and then I'd crack on until I got stuck and then they'd help me right so I had four months of working extremely long hours stuck in this office mm-hmm. trying to get the thing to work and we got to a point after four months where we had a working model but it worked offline and I asked them uh, for the code to put it online and they said oh no you can never get this to work online it will only be offline <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, they didn't understand what you were trying to do. Yeah, I was trying to reflect in terms of what was the brief that I'd given them. Yeah. But I knew I'd mentioned it had to be an online yeah, system. Yeah. Uh, and I think they just missed that bit. Right. So I... Um, so that's surely not wasted time and effort, is it? That was completely wasted time. That was four months completely wasted. Right, that's a shame then. Yeah, and they, they did have a potential solution. They said, well... You can have a website where you advertise it. People can buy it on the website. You then email them the file. They open the file, answer the questions, email it back to you. You produce the output and email it to them. <laughs> and I just said, well, you, you do know what I do for a living, don't you? That's great. Yeah, it's not really going to sit with what I do. So um, that was the day when my wife came home and normally she'll come in and she said, and she'll ask what sort of a day I've had. Um, and I can't have been looking that good because she came in and looked and went, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And I, so I explained briefly and I said, I've, I've tried everything I can do. Um, I still think it's a great idea, but there's no way I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm giving up. And because of the time I'd spent, you know, the money in the business was going down. I wasn't getting as many clients mm-hmm. anymore. Um, I, I think it's a great idea. I can't do it. I'm giving up and I'll just go back to the consultancy yeah. and build that back up again. Um, and and she's very supportive and she was very sympathetic and she said, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably you've done everything you can. As long as you feel that you've tried everything, yeah. then it's right to give up. And then my phone went and it was my son-in-law. Um, and I, so I just picked the phone up, not feeling good and... and Hiya, Dave, how are you? He said, oh, I'm fine, thanks, Nigel. How are you? He said, I'm good, what do you want? And he said, oh, that software you were talking about about a year ago, um, are you still looking at doing that? And I said, no, no, I've given up. Oh, that's a shame. Why? He said, because I was intrigued. He said, so I spent the last year upskilling myself, doing various courses, keeping pace with new technology, and I think I could do it now. Can I have a go? Wow. <laughs> And you know, sometimes things just happen at the right time. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Things do just happen for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I I said, well, yeah, give it a go. I took no faith at all that Mm. this could be done. Um, I said, I'll send you the first 10 questions and see what you think. So the next morning, we were up quite early, about five o'clock, looked at my inbox and it sent me a link and it created this piece of software with the first 10 questions. Right. 
Online. Online. Yeah, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. Great stuff. So um, that then went through. I thought, great. Um, so suddenly reinvigorated, thinking of lots more questions, thinking about how it works, working really closely with him. He was fantastic. So he teaches during the day, he'd get home, have his tea. Um, when the kids were in bed, he'd be logging on and right. firing lots. So working until the early hours, I was getting up at three, four o'clock in the morning, seeing what he'd done and firing a load of stuff back at him. Right. So it was a really frenetic period. Mm. Um, and we got to the point where we'd got a reasonable working model. So I call that, I think that was about number four yeah. that we got. We got some business owners that I knew to test it. Um, let me know what they think. And and they certainly did let me know what they think. Yep. Um, one of the first that tested it was a, an IT consultant. And um, she phoned me and said, I, I've, I'm going to email you my feedback. Mm-hmm. But just to let you know, even what you'll probably despair in what you read, I do think it's a good idea. Yep. And I printed out her email and the real 11 pages of feedback. Right. So the first thought was, oh, blimey. But that, that's what you want, really. If everyone just came back and said, oh, it's fantastic, crack on, then you're not really going to make it any better than what it is at that time, no, are you? No, so, you wouldn't. It, no. And it's the thing about getting customer feedback, and I talk about this a lot, is it's the most valuable thing you can get in a business. But you've got to leave your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. You've got to accept what customers are saying. And, and sometimes it will be a subjective point of view, and you think, okay, I can do without that. Um, but when you get two or three or more of them saying the same thing, yeah. you've got to respond, you've got to make changes. Yep. So we started to go through a process of continually um, evaluating customer feedback, making changes, improving, extending the number of questions, the amount of advice available. Um, till we got to a point where we thought, yeah, it, this is starting to look like something. And then I started talking to other business experts uh, explaining what I was doing and saying, look, I want this to be something where a business owner can answer some questions, can get recommendations that are tailored for them, almost as if they were talking to an actual business advisor, and then get the advice they need. And what I need you to do is write the advice. Mm-hmm. So we've now had 30 business experts write advice pages or record videos. Yep. Or, uh, in one case, they've produced a 60-page booklet um, that can be downloaded. And they've put an awful lot of time and effort and faith mm-hmm. <clears throat> into what I'm doing. Um, and that's great. There's a lot of support, but it also creates a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been talking about this now for four years. And, and I'm sure there are some people um, that go, oh, he's mad. You know, it's been going out on about this for so long um, and it's never, ever going to happen. Yeah. But uh, last year, we launched the first minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I put a post on LinkedIn recently where I said I'm going to write another book. So I've written three books on customer experience. Um, but I said my next one uh, is going to be about all the mistakes I've made in business. Right. And I think it's going to be longer than Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the great people throughout history have made a lot of mistakes. I, I a think lot of so, mistakes. Yeah. I, I think the bit for me is learning from them. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes I've got to make the same mistake a couple of times before I learn from it. Yep. 
but even at my advanced stage, I'm still pretty good at learning. So I, we, we've got the product, which was okay. Um, we had a website, so we, I had all that done. I thought I'll, we'll do the branding ourselves, so we'll call it simply Customer Tools. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, how am I going to get to my target market of small business owners? Oh, Google, pay-per-click, we'll do that. Yep. So I employed somebody to do the SEO. I employed somebody to do the pay-per-click campaign. And over three months, we spent £7,500 mm-hmm. and made one sale. Right. Um, and we don't charge £7,500 for it, so no. we'd lost quite so a lot. you've lost a bit of money yeah. there, yeah. So I pulled the plug on the campaign. Mm-hmm. But what had happened was I'd had quite a lot of interest from um, accountants. Right. And they saw it as a way that they could offer business advice to their clients. Okay. But I'd not built anything that could support that. Yep. I'd also had a lot of interest from Australia, of all places, a large insurance corporation that thought it would be a a good thing to offer their SME clients. I see. Yeah. So bolt on to their services. Yeah. yeah. So we'd had that, um, I'd had a lot of conversations with them, which ended up going nowhere because essentially they wanted me to build it and give it all to them. Right. And then they didn't like the amount of money I wanted them to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a really good learning point. And I started chatting to accountants and thinking, okay, well, what's the easy way to get to small business owners and it's to work with organizations or businesses that already deal with them. Exactly. Yeah. It's the best way to get to it. So then you think, okay, well, so why would accountants want to use this? So it's a good time at the moment because making tax digital means a lot of accountants don't want to be seen as number crunchers. They want to be be able to add extra value to the clients. Mm -hmm. One of those ways is to give business advice but that means them putting a lot of time and effort into it. Yep. So if they've got a piece of software that enables them to offer advice to the clients, but saves them time and money, that's got to be a sensible thing. Mm-hmm. So once we knew, so I spoke to 20, 25 accountancy firms, out of which probably 80% were interested. Right. Um, so we then spent six months building all the infrastructure to support licensing for accountants and firms like that. Okay. Um, and then a few people that had used it <coughs> said, I really like the idea, but it looks awful. And why are you calling it simply customer tools? That's rubbish. So I thought they're right. Mm-hmm. So I got a branding expert to do all the branding. Mm-hmm. And we had lots of interesting conversations about what it should be called and what was the tone of voice and things like that. Yep. Um, so we ended up calling it Bubble, which is B-U-B-U-L. Yep. And that's short for Business Builder. Um, we got all the branding done we got a new website done mm-hmm. um, and at the same time I thought I, I know it's a good product but I know it can be better so I got an access innovation grant um, I'd spent time being introduced to different universities because at the time you had to use a grant to work with the university to explain what I was doing and how I wanted it to improve and what additional functionality I wanted to talk to add, essentially to create the full commercial version. Mm-hmm. And we started work with Bradford University. Um, it should have been July 2018. 
we had a few months discussion, I would say, with their legal team um, because they wanted the contract written a particular way and I wanted right. it written a particular way. Um, and in the end, they agreed with what I wanted, which was great. Okay. But it had taken some time. And then since the beginning of 2019, I've been working with a team at the university mm. to produce the next commercial version. Um, and we went through the customer feedback piece again. So we've had 30 business owners uh, go through the software. And are these all from different industries, different sectors? Yeah, completely different industries. Yeah, yeah. So people that have been in business a few months to people that have been in business 20 years. Right. Um, solo entrepreneurs. Uh, to people that employ 30, 40 people, um, which is really our key target market in that area. Um, we've had, we've also got a version for somebody who's looking to start a business. So we've had people test that as well, right. that have got their own business idea. They've all had a half hour telephone interview. Um, the research team at the university were great, um, asking all the questions and then producing the feedback report. Um, and then they sent me the feedback report. And remember I said you need to leave your ego at the door when you get a thing. <laughs> so I, um, I, I tend to speed read things. Yep. So I printed the report out, um, skimmed through it, threw it on the floor, and, and I, I've got an office at home, uh, put my coat on and went for a walk for an hour okay. to cool off. Yep. And my first thought was they've ripped it to bits. I've wasted all my time. Uh, and then I reread the report. And, and what they were actually saying was, it's a great idea. But actually the look and feel could be a lot better. Right. To be honest, I knew that already. Yeah. And they were saying, rather than have to go through all the questions, which could take 45 minutes, what if I just want to work on one business challenge? Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, that's, you know, as a business coach, you tend to ask the business, well, what's the issue you want to look at at the moment? Yeah. So, so it needs to do that. Yeah. Um, and then there were other bits about, you know, actually the, the advice is good, but I'd like more advice. I'd like to be asked more questions about this. Mm-hmm. So it was really look and feel and content. Yeah. Um, so my summer, um, was spent getting up early in the morning, rewriting lots of questions, compl- changing the whole structure, mm-hmm. um, seeking more advice, writing some advice, getting more experts to do it, having meetings with that. Um, and that's all been put into it now. So it, it was an interesting summer. Um, looking at four walls. I did get away for a holiday, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not complaining. And so where are we now? So beginning of November. Yeah. Um, the full commercial version is in test mode. Okay. Um, I've learned so much working with the university and doing the software. Mm-hmm. The, uh, we're going through... The testing at the moment, we found some issues. What, but what that's meant was as we do some work to correct the issues, we've also been able to enhance it further as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be out in January. Okay. So that you can see an early version of it at bubbleexpert.com yep. at the moment. Okay. We know, we've worked out what the pricing will be. We've worked out um, five-year projections. And... I've put four years and a lot of money into this. Mm. Um, I'm now at the point where I can't really afford to put any more money in. Yeah. So uh, going through a program, um, so the Northern Powerhouse running investment readiness program, Mm -hmm. 
which I'd never heard about, but it's amazing when you start asking about what support yeah, and advice is available. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so much. Um, and I, I will go through the programme. Um, we'll review and enhance the projections. We'll get the right deck together. And we'll be ready to attract external investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've also done uh, in my business, which... Um, came about in a peculiar way but has proved extremely beneficial is I now have an advisory board so I have seven people that act as unpaid voluntary non-exec directors essentially yeah 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 so we we use slack to communicate uh-huh. uh, and we meet once a quarter and I buy breakfast right and apart from that they don't get anything right but they they're all um, experts in their own field they've all been incredibly supportive and challenging mm-hmm. And as we move forward, uh, it, I'm hoping they will all become shareholders and directors right. in the business because right. um, we've got some exciting plans. But they, I, I think one of the things for me and a lesson learned is that I should have done that a long time ago. You spend a lot of time as a business owner thinking you do. and By trying yourself. different things. Yeah, yeah. It, it's incredibly lonely and isolating. It, it is, it is. And I think we all build networks where there are certain people that you can have a chat to that will give you some good advice and sometimes you get conflicting advice and um sometimes you've got to be a bit brave and open up when you're struggling yeah um and these are people that i'd been through that with mm-hmm. uh, and the reason i set the board up um was because of the beginning of this year i had a health scare and um, i went through six seven weeks of tests um because they thought it was possible i had leukemia which was a really scary time for me Mm, Um, i didn't have leukemia Mm. Uh, it was actually stress that was causing the symptoms so that's all being sorted um but i remember as i was waiting in the doctor's surgery to get the final test results that i thought i've put all this time and effort in and if something happens to me, mm-hmm. yeah. then the whole thing's gone. Mm. So how do I protect that? Yeah. And that was where the idea of the board came along. Right. Um, it's quite humbling, to be honest, because these are busy business owners that need to be earning money. Yeah. And they've all given freely of their time and their advice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great because they're all very supportive and they totally believe in what we're trying to do. Yeah. They're also very challenging. So the first time we had the meeting of all of them, um, I'd set an agenda out <coughs> about the things I wanted to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just started with, so the first thing, Nigel, is forget your agenda. We're asking questions today. Um, we want to fully understand this. So we'll start off with the easy question. What's the big picture? Where's this going to go? What do you want to do? Uh, and I <laughs> sat there and went, well... I want this to be the go-to place for anyone that wants to start or grow an existing business. Mm -hmm. So they get the right advice they need at the right time, at the right price. Um, And then we've sort of gone from there. The exciting bit as well, though, is that I I think we've got a good product. We know we will always be improving it. So we're building in how we get customer feedback all the time. Um, and that's just incredibly valuable. And to me, that would be great in helping to build a business, but even more so to 
improve the product and really meet customer needs all the time. And what we've also found is the way we've built the software now, um, I'm a really simple guy. So uh, I view it as it's like a piece of Lego. So it's like the the block you get if you're yeah. building a house with Lego. So it's the bit yeah, you yeah. use as a floor. Yep. And what we can do is plug different question banks into it. So at the moment, we've got um, two. So there's one for somebody starting a business. There's one for somebody that wants to grow an existing business. But because of the way it works, we can create different things. So one of the people that used it uh, was a test user, is a VAT expert. Mm -hmm. And they said, I really like this process. Could you build me something that puts a business through a mock VAT inspection and produces a traffic light report? It's interesting. Yeah. And and I thought, I don't know anything about VAT Mm. um, or what questions to ask. But it's back to the Richard Branson thing again. Somebody says, can you do it? Just go, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, I met with them. We had a day going through how it could work and what the questions would be. They've now got a pilot version that they're testing with their clients. Um, We've got other opportunities. Um, One of the exciting ones is so the developer is a teacher and we could actually create a version that is a focused GCSE revision tool. So it would ask a student a number of questions Mm -hmm. and it could work out from their answers what their predicted grade is, point out their areas of weakness, then they can go back through it, um, having learned things they need to learn. um, And then it'll say, okay, so now your predicted grade is this. So there's some... There's a lot of applications really in there when you think about it, of what you've actually got in terms of software that can be adapted for, you know, teaching, training, learning, all kinds of... Yeah, and and these are things that I never thought about. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are people all the time that as they hear about it, um, so there's probably now nine or ten different things that people have said, actually, could you do this for me? Mm -hmm. And we'll start to have conversations that's as and when I've got everything going and the business is flying. Um, So I I think the next few years, if everything goes okay in terms of we get the investment and it starts to become commercially established, for me, I move into a whole new phase, which is, I call it new product development. So this is talking to people that want to achieve something. So this is people that are in the same position I was five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it and I can't see how to do it. Mm-hmm. If we've now got a way for them to do it, then that's a good business proposition for us, but it's also helping them and having an impact. Um, I still want to do the journey mapping. Um, I still like helping small businesses. Uh, I still mentor some people that are starting their own business and somebody that have you know, fairly young businesses. Yep. And I love doing that. Um, I love the people side of things and you meet some really inspirational people. Yeah. But the, um, the opportunity to use something you've created to have a positive impact on hundreds or thousands of people is huge. And for me, the, uh, I was asked recently at a network meeting to stand up and talk about what, why I'd done what I've done. Mm. And what's the main motivation? Uh, and there's, I know it might sound trite about it's about helping people. Yep. 
but I think most people can buy into that. I think most people believe that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what most people want to do. Uh, and when you look at the stats, so in 2018, there were 665,000 new businesses started in the UK. Right. Within a year, 20% of those will fail. Mm. That's 130,000 people at least mm. that have put a lot of time and effort and money yeah. into starting their own business and had all those hopes and dreams dashed. Mm. And worse than that, within five years, more than half of them will fail. So, And that's awful. So one of the reasons that they fail is they don't get the right advice at the right time or they can't afford to get the right advice at the right time. Yep, I'd agree. So if what we've done means that somebody can afford to get the right advice when they need it and they get help to follow that advice and their businesses are then successful, and by success I don't mean they become international conglomerates. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be somebody who wants to work out of their kitchen yeah. two days a week, yeah. earning a small amount of money that pays for the summer holidays. Yeah. Um, Success is different for everyone, isn't it? It's a different, yeah. it's a different thing for everybody. Um, whether it, you're two days at home or whether you've you know got 30 staff, it's completely different. Yeah, and it changes as well. The, the interesting thing now is, so one of the, um, one of the board members looked at this and gone this is great but let's think about the next thing and the next thing for me isn't what's your business challenge and asking that I, I want to start asking in software what does success look like for you mm -hmm. and success might mean for example I want the right work-life balance I want to feel stress-free and comfortable and that takes you down a whole different route of questions and advice and help um but that to me is what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's got to understand, we've got to understand the needs, all the needs of the customers yeah. and look to meet those wherever we can. Yeah, because it's, I think even more nowadays, it's not completely based on business and business decisions. It's also on wellness and looking after yourself and making sure you manage that stress. So there's a, there's, there's a lot of avenues there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, when I, I have other business owners who will phone me um, and just say, I've got loads of issues, I'm stressed out, I really need a coffee. And we'll sit and have a coffee. Mm -hmm. I do that. Um, I, when I hit problems, um, there are people that I will reach out to. I, I don't keep things to myself anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I think it takes an amount of guts to do that. Mm -hmm. And you've, you've got to be prepared to be open. Um, and sometimes you know I still hit rock bottom I had a rubbish week last week I was full of cold um, I was driving down to Kent to see our new grandson we're 200 miles from home car blew up on the M25 mm. took us 10 hours to get home um, obviously couldn't see our grandson right oh you never even made it then never even made it there oh dear oh dear um, and then we were hitting lots of issues with the testing phase at the, at the time. Yep. Uh, and I, all I could think was it, it's cost me a lot of money to get back home and taken a lot of time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm shattered. Yep. I don't feel well. I know there's another big bill coming to fix the car. Yep. Oh, poor me. Mm. You know, and you start to feel sorry for yourself. And I, I just, uh, I phoned somebody that I know and just said, oh, I'm having a real tough time. And they were like, well, 
Yeah, but it's not that bad, is it? Mm. You know, you're at home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't feel well, but it's just a cold. You're going to get better. Yeah. Um, and you still got lots of stuff going. You know, there's a lot of people worse off than you. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and they help put stuff in perspective. Yeah. And, and just think, okay, yeah, I'll balance out. Good. That's a bit, yeah. Good. Well, um, I think we'll sort of draw it to a close there. I mean, I could speak to you all day. I mean, that's a fantastic story, and I wish you all the best with Thank you. Bubble and Simply Customer. And um, if you write any more books, um, I look forward to uh, to reading those as well. Uh, one thing I like to finish off with at the end of my podcast, and I think I almost know the answer to this, is I always ask, what is your passion outside of the business? But is it business? Do you just continue working? <laughs> <laughs> or or is, is there something that you like to do? Um, no, there's, there's a few. So I think my first passion is music. Okay. So I'm a huge Beatles fan. Right. Um, I, I've got an award-winning tattoo of John Lennon. Yeah, I remember you telling yeah. me about that when I first met you, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is, uh, most people don't expect when they first see me, <laughs> this, this, this old guy standing there. <laughs> Um, I love going to live gigs, so Springsteen especially. Right. Um, so massive music fan, especially live music. I um, I, I'm a Bradford City fan, mm-hmm. so I'm passionate about them. Yeah. Uh, but I think really the main thing is family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really lucky. So I, I've got two children. Uh, two children who are grown up. Uh, I've got a stepson. Um, we've got two step-grandchildren. We've got three grandchildren of our own, another one on the way. I've got a three-year-old granddaughter who lives about 20 yards from us, so we see her most days. Right, great. Um, I've got the most fantastic, loving, supporting wife. Mm-hmm. Um, we enjoy some nice holidays. But just the family life, yeah. that, that to me is the bit. Yeah. And that's why... So I... You know, yeah, I guess I could have finished work when I was 50 and lived on a pension and done a bit of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you described me as being ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I think of it as being ambitious. I, I just think it's not satisfied. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's, there's an, I've got an itch on my shoulder yeah. and I, you've got, I've got to keep scratching it. So I've had this idea and... I want to get to the point where um, I've it's either succeeds or I can hold my hands up and say, mm. I gave it the best shot Done I could. Done your best, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the bit. And I think in life there are opportunities or ideas that you have um, and quite often we give up on them mm. um, or don't try and pursue them. And you tend to regret the things that you've not done yeah. rather than things that you have done. Yeah. And, you know, I've made lots of mistakes in business. I've made lots of mistakes in my home life uh, over the years. Um, but they're all opportunities to learn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I wasn't doing now, um, if I wasn't doing this now, then there's lots of people that I know that have had a massive impact on my life um, that I would have never have met and I would be so much the poorer for it. I think that's a great way to end it. Thank you very much, Nigel. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If we helped with anything, please leave a comment. And if you would like to continue listening, please subscribe and feel free to pass on to a friend or colleague. This has been Owner Managed.